Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're excited about what God is doing, all that God is performing in our midst. I'm telling you, I uh, uh, have just heard so many reports of what God is doing uh, uh, financially, uh, people talking about the blessings of God. But what I've seen a lot of lately is, is physical testimonies, uh, testimonies of uh, physical healing, testimonies of, of uh, uh, people's bodies responding to the Word. Uh, I received a testimony from one individual uh, not too long ago, uh, happened to be a, a, a brother, and uh, when he went into the doctor uh, to have uh, some things checked out, uh, when they uh, checked the PSA levels, uh, the level was so high that the doctor said, well, you know, according to their criteria, it's cancerous. And they began immediately to talk about, you know, either chemotherapy or surgery. And uh, the brother said, whoa, 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 hang on. He said, uh, you got to give me time uh, so I can, you know, I need to pray about this and put the word on it. And well, he did. And uh, when he went back to the doctor uh, not too long ago, and I'm not giving you exact numbers because I don't know the exact numbers. He sent them to me, but you'll get the, the gist of it. Uh, the, uh, his level was so low that the doctor said, well, we don't, we don't need to, to think about surgery or chemotherapy. He said, whatever you're doing, you need to keep doing it. And the brother said, well, I've been declaring the word of God and praying. And the doctor looked at him and said, well, you need to pray about more things because your prayers work. Amen. Hallelujah. God's so good to us. I, uh, the other Sunday in uh, Little Rock, uh, a lady sent me an envelope by one of the ushers. And uh, it, uh, in it was uh, a report from the doctor about things that were just changing in her body. Amen. They were just turning around and how her body is healing, and uh, 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 the, the, the doctor's report is right there. This same uh, wonderful sister was telling Pastor Michelle this past Sunday of how much more things have been healed in her body since last Sunday, last week. So God is doing what God said He would do. Those that will take a stand for and on the Word of God will see the Word work for them, like they never have before. And so we've got to stay focused on what God has said. You can't allow yourself to be distracted. And folks, if, if you've been coming to this church any length of time, I, I teach on focus regularly. I've got a whole series on maintaining your focus. You've got to keep your focus. Everything the devil wants to do is tied to getting your focus, taking your focus. That's why Paul said we have to press towards the mark of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Keep your focus. Uh, I want to say something before we get into our message. Uh, we're going to continue with what the Spirit says. But back in April of uh, 2018, the 29th of April actually, uh, Miss Pat Harrison was with us. And I just found this so interesting because in my notes for that message that I wrote down, she made a statement, and she made this statement several times. But something that she said uh, that struck me was this. She said, in the standing, I stay focused. And then she gave a definition of focus. Clear definition or center of our interest clear definition or center of our interest in the standing I stay focused 
What is the center of your interest? That's your focus. That's your focus. See, is it what God said? Is it what someone else said? Is it what might happen? If, if that's the center of your interest, that's what will move you. Over the years, I've had people ask me, maybe not in these exact words, but ask me something to the effect of, how do you get to the place where you're not moved? How do you get to the place where what people say or what circumstances present, how do you get to the place that you're not moved by that? Focus. What is the center of your interest? If the Word of God is the center of your interest, you'll keep moving forward. I hope you know how blessed you are, how blessed this church is. Not just to have, you know, the really good pastors you have, but I, w I wonder if you know how blessed you are, how blessed my wife and I feel that we are, that we have a church that is led by the Spirit, that doesn't have their focus diverted by everything else that may be going on in the world or that may be going on in, in, in their lives. We don't have to pull you. We don't have to push you. We don't have to make you do things. You're in it. You're being led by the Spirit. You're being led by the Word. It is such a great thing to be among a group of people like that. The center of your interest is your focus. And the enemy is always fighting to become the center of your interest. To cause something else to be the center of your interest. And so I want to encourage you uh, to keep your focus on what God has said. All right? Because there is a time to be emphatic and a time to be focused. And this is it. And God's kingdom and what God said alone should be our focus. Amen. Well, let's get right into what the Spirit says, part 4. 1 Corinthians 12. And uh, we're going to deal tonight, begin dealing, specifically in this series uh, the Lord began to talk to me about the three revelation gifts that are found here in 1 Corinthians 12. Notice it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Then in verse 10, to another discerning of spirits. So there are three gifts of revelation. The first one that's mentioned is the word of wisdom. Uh, the word of wisdom is manifested to give insight into the future, especially as it pertains to the plans and the purposes of God. It's a word of wisdom, all right? Secondly is the discerning of spirits, and that's simply the ability to see into the spiritual world, discerning of spirits, often mislabeled as the gift of discernment. There is no gift of discernment. It is the discerning of spirits or the ability to discern and see into the spiritual realm. Number three, the third is the word of knowledge. This is what we'll deal with tonight. The word of knowledge is manifested to reveal events or conditions in the past or the present. The past or the present. Now why is this so important? Because in dealing with what the Spirit says very often, God will use one or more of these revelatory gifts to, to get into my life what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to me. Uh, he does not just give a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom through a person. He can give you a word of knowledge directly to your spirit or a word of wisdom directly to your spirit. All right? 
when you hear something or you see something, you can hear by a word of knowledge, uh, is that true? Uh, or a word of wisdom, is that true? It's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit gets information to us. And understand that believers should have at some point these gifts operating in their life. I know that it says that uh, uh, they operate as the Spirit wills, and they do. But Paul also said that we should desire the best gifts. One man said the best gift is the one you need at the time. Well, what we need right now more than anything else is to be able to hear clearly and concisely what the Spirit is saying. Because he's speaking expressly. He's talking directly into our lives. I must be able to hear what he's saying. Can you say amen? Now, a word of knowledge is just that. A word of knowledge. It's a word of knowledge. What does that mean? God only reveals part of his knowledge. Amen. So he'll give you a word of knowledge. And as we said, uh, to reveal events or conditions in the past or the present. And so some, if a person, for instance, is ministering and they give you a word of knowledge, they may say something along these lines. You know, when, uh, uh, when you were 18, you had this experience. All right, well, that's a word of knowledge in regards to the past. Uh, you may have someone may give you a word of knowledge that says, you know, this morning when you got up or, or whatever the case may be, you were praying here or you were doing this. That's a word of knowledge. And, and most often in those instances, that is, that, that what is being said is prefaced by that word of knowledge so you will know God speaking to you. I remember one time uh, Pastor Michelle and I were assistant pastors at a church in Kansas City, Kansas for a number of years. And uh, there was a family that was coming to the meetings that we were having, and we were having some dynamic meetings. And uh, I never met this family before. Uh, the, I, if I remember correctly, this was maybe the second or, or first or second time in the church. And uh, the, 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 the wife came and was in, in the, the prayer line that we were having, and the word of knowledge began to operate. And I told her, I said, I see your house. And I described it, and I said, I see the staircase that leads down to your den or your family room, whatever you call it. And I described the color of the carpet, and then I said, there's a chair that sits over in the corner of that room, or in the, excuse me, in the middle of that room, the middle of the wall. And I said, you have a big circular rug right out in front of that chair, and you were sitting there in that chair this morning praying. All right? And then I told her why she was praying, and then I said, and the Lord is telling me this about this. Well, understand, it was a, a week or so later, or a few days later, maybe that Sunday, they invited us over to their house for dinner, and when we went into the house, she said, I want to show you something. Well, when I got to the staircase going downstairs, I knew where I was. I was right what, where, where, I was right where God had showed me, all right? And it was exactly the same colors, the same everything. The chair was right where it was. Here's the point. Why did God give her that word of knowledge? So that she would know that what he was about to say about the answer he was bringing was true. Amen. Do you see this? It's a manifestation of a word of knowledge of past or, or, past or present events. All right? But it's just a word of knowledge. If, if you notice that, 1 Corinthians 13 and uh, verse 9, it only reveals part of his knowledge. He says, notice 1 Corinthians 13, 9, we know in part and we prophesy in part. In other words, we have a part of knowledge and we prophesy in part. What, what part do we prophesy? The part we know. All right, I can only say what I know, and I don't know it all, but I say what I know. So God will give a person a word of knowledge to give them information about where they're at. Amen. So important. Now, as with any of God's words, it has to be mixed with faith for there to be any profit. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2, 
he talks about the spoken word of God, the preached word of God. And, he, and, and uh, the Apostle Paul, who I believe wrote Hebrews, says that the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in the hearts of them that heard it. So like any of God's words, that word of knowledge must be mixed with faith. I have to mix it with my faith in order for it to come to pass. Because understand, a word of knowledge doesn't come to pass just because it was given. It comes to pass because you believe it, even though it's the will of God. Very often, I was talking about the notes I took from Miss Pat, and the notes that I took for her were written down on, on the card we had for 2018, the year of gain, transition, and victory. Well, we saw that come to pass. We saw the things in that word come to pass, not because they just happened because God said it, but because we pressed into it. I keep telling you what God said about expectation, manifestation, transformation. We're seeing all of those things come to pass. I see numbers of people that are seeing those things come to pass, not because, not because God said it, but because they believe that God said it. Amen. Do you see that? So very often the Holy Spirit will speak to me through a word of knowledge. But I have to act on it. It's part of how the Spirit says. Don't overlook that. It's part of how the Spirit says. Uh, you may hear something, and, and I'm, I'm going to get into this as we move further, but i, I got to touch on it right now. You may hear somebody say something at times, and just right here, you know that's not right. What is that? A word of knowledge. Don't overwrite it. Because he's given you insight. Amen. You, you may hear something on the news, and you just know right here, that's not right. Well, that's the word of knowledge, and you don't want to override that word of knowledge. Amen. Because that's the Spirit's leading. Oh, glory to God. Now, let's look at some examples of this. And, of course, we'll have plenty of teaching time in these examples. I know y'all aren't in a hurry anyway. Glory to God. Uh, John chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. This, of course, is the, the account of Jesus in Samaria dealing with who we refer to as the woman at the well or the woman of Samaria. But beginning in verse 13, it says, Jesus answered her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never thirst, but the water that I will give him will be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You have well said I have no husband, for you've had five husbands. And he that you have now is not your husband. In that you said truly. The woman said to him, I perceive you're a prophet. Hmm. Now notice, how did Jesus know this? Now there are sects of the church that will say, well, he knew it because he was Jesus. But that's like saying, I know something because I'm pastor. Like, I had a, 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 an individual tell me one time, they were telling me some things uh, that they said, you know, well, well uh, this is what God says, and this is what God said, and, 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 and it was things that were wrong against the Word of God. And I said, well, show me. And they kind of ignored that, and finally I said, well, show me that in the Word. And finally they looked at me and they said, that's not fair, you're a pastor. Well, like I know what's in the Word just because I'm a pastor. No, I had to put the effort in 
to find out what was in the Word. Still do. Jesus did not just know things because He was the Son of God in the flesh. Jesus was limited in His natural human knowledge as a man. Hallelujah. He had to be because He had to be led by the Spirit. Are you following me? And so when he sat down at the well and was talking to this woman, he did not just somehow know because he was the Son of God. He was dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So he knew by the word of knowledge that this woman had had five husbands. It's, it's a good thing to know that Jesus had to depend on the Holy Spirit because if He had to depend on the Holy Spirit, I have to depend on the Holy Spirit. But here's something else. If Jesus could depend on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would lead, guide, and direct Him, then He will lead, guide, and direct me. What does the Spirit say? Amen. See, there's no way for this woman... Notice what she said, I perceive you're a prophet. Well, Jesus was a prophet. But the reason she perceived he was a prophet was he had knowledge of something that there was no way for him to know because he had never met her. Amen. There are things that the Holy Spirit will say to you that you have no prior knowledge of, but yet He'll reveal it to you if you'll listen. Amen. Do, do you see that? A word of knowledge. I remember one time reading in Paul's account where he said that uh, 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 a thorn in the flesh was given to him, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And just by the Spirit, by the Spirit, I knew that was a, a mental bombardment. That was a, a, an attack on his mind. And you've heard me tell this story before. I was talking to a friend of mine that was there to visit uh, with us, and we were out at breakfast one morning. And uh, we were talking about that, and he somewhat disagreed with me about what Paul's thorn was. And, and, and I told him, I said, well, I believe it was a, a, a mental bombardment. Is what I believe. Well, he reached in his bag and got his Greek testament out. He could read Greek. And all that he said to me, all he said to me was this. He said, uh, well, where did you learn to read Greek? I said, well, I don't know how to read Greek, but I know the Holy Ghost. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that arrogantly, but the context of what I was telling him was in the Greek text. Now, that's what he said. There may be some that disagree with him, with me or with him, but that's what he told me that he saw. Well, there's no way I could have known what the Greek text said because I can't read the Greek text. But the Holy Spirit can. Jesus could not have known this woman had five husbands if he did not have knowledge that was given to him supernaturally. Jesus was not born knowing everything because there were things he had to overcome as a man dependent upon God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And if he had knowledge to avoid everything that was a challenge or everything that was something that was, going to put, that was going to tempt him, then it would not be fair in this sense that we have to depend on the Holy Spirit. We have to depend on the Word of God to help us overcome when we're tempted, when we're challenged, when things come up that we didn't have any knowledge of. We've got to have a word of knowledge to help us overcome it. So did Jesus. In this instance, the manifestation of this gift 
is what caused the woman to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. If you read in verses 28 and 29, it says she left her water pot and went into the city and told the men of the city, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. Is not this the Christ? Amen. So, in effect, that woman and everyone that heard her testimony and everyone that came to Jesus because of her testimony were changed by this word of knowledge. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? In uh, the book of Luke, chapter 6. Luke 6, verse 6. It says, And it came to pass also on another Sabbath, that he, Jesus, entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. Notice, but he knew their thoughts. He knew their thoughts. Now this is important. He went ahead and healed the man. But notice, he knew their thoughts. He knew what they were thinking. Well, again, he didn't just know their thoughts because he was Jesus. He knew their thoughts because he had revelation coming to him by the word of knowledge. Amen. This is a great aid. This, this is a great, listen, this is a great aid for pastors. For uh, business leaders, you have your own business. It's a great aid for parents. There are things you can know. There are thoughts you can know, you can discern. There, there, there have been times that I have been ministering, and, and I've said it. Many of you know I've said things like this from the pulpit. I would be ministering, and I would say something, and I would just hear very distinctly in my spirit. There's a person here that doesn't believe that, and this is what they just said to themselves. And I would stop, and I would say, there's a person here that when I said that, you said thus and so. You don't believe it, and you said thus and so. Well, what was that? A word of knowledge. Why was that important to get that out there? God's trying to help that person. God's trying to turn them. Amen. Uh, I've, I've been in churches before or in meetings before, and I would start preaching on the righteousness of God. And maybe I was going a whole different way, but I would start preaching on the righteousness of God. And, and up out of my spirit would come these words. I know there are people sitting in here that you don't think you're righteous and you don't think you're holy, but this is what the word says. Well, someone will say, well, that was just a message. No, that was a word of knowledge. That whole discourse was a word of knowledge in an attempt to turn that person from what they thought of themselves to what God thought of them. Amen. It, it's a great aid. It's a great aid. My, uh, <laughs> my wife would get into this with our children. I, I, I remember one time, <laughs> this was, was really rather funny. I remember one time uh, uh, they were passing notes and one of, one of our, our, our daughters, I don't remember which one, and uh, they were discussing things that were not right. And what they did is then they would take a pen and scribble out what they had written. My wife got that notebook and could read what they were writing through the scribble. Amen. People say, how'd she do that? Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. Huh. Now, what's a child do when you bring them the scribble and you say, this is what you wrote. This is what you said. They can deny if they want to, but it's, it's still the truth. Are you following me? It's a great aid. If I will listen to the Holy Spirit, He will give me that word of knowledge when I need it. 
but I've got to be focused on what does the Spirit say. Am I helping you with this? Acts chapter 5. Mm Mm-mm. And verse 1. It says, But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart, notice, to lie or to deceive the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, wasn't it your own? After it was sold, wasn't it in your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied unto men, but unto God. And, of course, we know that uh, Ananias heard those words and, and gave up the ghost. He died. Well, Peter knew this by the word of knowledge. He didn't have any spies. He didn't have anybody going out and checking things out. He, he knew this by the word of knowledge. Now, a lot of times people get too wrapped up in in what in my mind is not the focus here. And they'll say, well, did God kill them? Uh, Were they saved? Uh, Or why did God kill them? Or what was the big deal? Well, you can get so wrapped up in the question you fail to see the, the content. Notice something. Here's what I want you to see. Peter, first of all, he asked him, notice, uh, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Then he asked another why in verse 4. Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Notice, not why did you keep back part of the price? The money was not the issue. He said very plainly, it was yours. You could have done what you wanted. You could have kept all of it. Not why did you keep back part of the price. Why did you lie to the Holy Ghost? How did he know he was being lied to? Word of knowledge. Amen. And notice how Peter put it. You lied to the Holy Ghost. You tried to deceive the Holy Ghost. You've not lied to me. You lied to God. Well, why? Because everything they did here was to be for God. When Barnabas brought, in in the end of chapter 4, he brought the price of the land and laid it down. This was an offering to God. This was... This was something to help people. This was something they were dedicating to God. And so Ananias brings this money under the guise of, I'm, I'm doing this for God. Look how wonderful we are. Look how, look how giving and generous we are. Right? But here's where they missed it. They said, did you sell the land for so much? Now, what prompted that question? The word of knowledge. Why would he ask? I say, why would he ask? Oh, family, do you see this? When, when, when you're prompted by the Holy Spirit with a question, tell the truth. Tell the whole truth. Amen. In, in my lifetime, I'm talking in my whole life, I, I have not been 100%. On, 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 on telling the truth on everything. Thank, thank God God got a hold of me. But here's, here's what I'm trying to explain to you. When you're prompted by the Holy Spirit, hey, did you do such and such? Did you uh, uh, get involved in such and such? Don't underestimate that. If you're asked a question under the unction of the Holy Ghost, don't blow it off. Don't act like there's no consequence to it. Don't act like, right, that it's a small thing. 
What was that? What was this an opportunity for right here? What was this an opportunity for when, when Peter said to Sapphira some hours after that, did you sell the land for so much? It's an opportunity to repent. To say, you know what? No, we didn't. We, we actually sold it for this and we kept back this for us and we, we brought this. I don't know why that they decided to, to, to stay with the lie. But here's what you got to focus on here. I wrote in my Bible, people will say God killed them, but God didn't kill them, their lie killed them. If there's no lie, there's no judgment. Are you following me? But look what started the ball rolling. Word of knowledge. That word of knowledge, in my mind, to me, the way I read this, the context, both of these people had a chance to repent. But they didn't. The word of knowledge very often will come to give you an opportunity to say, I missed it. Amen. Do, do you see that? The Holy Spirit will deal with the believer's heart. Hallelujah. I've, I've talked to people before in my office. I've been talked to people before, uh, uh, by people before. People that I love, people that have a, a good standing in my life. And they would say to me something by the word of knowledge or ask me a question by the word of knowledge. I've had my wife ask me questions by the word of knowledge. And, and I knew in that moment I had an opportunity to just say, yes, this is what it was. And, and, I, and I'm not necessarily talking in terms of sin. I mean, I've got an opportunity to say, yes, that's what it is. Yes, that's right. Or no, that's wrong. But here's what I understand. It's prompted by the Holy Spirit. I have to respond correctly. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So this word of knowledge the way I see it, the way I read this, the way I have studied this, I believe that it was prompted by a desire to get them to repent. But notice, they held fast to the lie. And, and when you choose to believe a lie, when you choose to believe a lie, or to hold fast and to be a part of a lie, there are repercussions for that. Why? Because you move out from that position where you can be safe and you can be protected and you can be cared for. All they had to say when they asked, all they had to say was, look, we sold the land for this amount. We're giving this amount to the church. But what I want you to see is it was preceded by a word of knowledge. This was a lie that was agreed to in secret, yet the Holy Spirit had knowledge of it and revealed it to a man that wasn't there. Hallelujah. This, this is not told to be a threat. That's not why it's in the Bible. It shows us that the Holy Spirit knows all and that His knowledge is perfect. So when God gives you a word of knowledge or speaks to you by a word of knowledge his knowledge is perfect what he said is going to come to pass glory to God we see evidence of this in 2nd Kings remember that seven of the nine gifts of the spirit were in operation in the Old Testament as a matter of fact, all of the gifts of the Spirit, except for tongues and interpretation of tongues, weren't functioning under the Old Covenant. Jesus operated in all of the gifts except for tongues and interpretation of tongues. In 2 Kings 5, 25-26, Gehazi comes back to Elisha after running after Naaman the Syrian and receiving some garments and, and money, 
And it says, he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said to him, whence comest thou? Or where'd you come from, Gehazi? And he said, your servant went no whither. Well, I didn't go here or there. Notice this. And he said to him, went not my heart with you? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet you. Now notice this. Through the word of knowledge, Elisha saw this event as if he were physically there. Hallelujah. Because the word of knowledge is manifest in the heart and the mind. I can sense it, hear it in my heart. There are times I will see that word of knowledge in my mind. He doesn't deal with my mind, but I will see it in my mind. Hallelujah. Brother Hagin tells the story of uh, ministering in a church that he was pastoring on a Sunday morning. And he said that uh, uh, in the middle of his message, or somewhere uh, around there, that all of a sudden... uh, he said, I could just see uh, a street in their town. And he said, uh, there was a young lady standing on the street, uh, uh, or he saw a house, and there was a young lady at the door of the house, and he said, a car pulled up, and the man in the car honked the horn. And the young girl came running out and got in the car. And... uh, 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 he said that, that then they drove out. He said, it's like I was sitting in the back seat. And he said they drove out in the country and, and uh, 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 they, they committed adultery. And he said, uh, then the car, they, they came back into town. And he said when that, when that was over, now people will say that was a vision. It was a word of knowledge. When, when, when that was over, he said... Uh, he came back to himself, and he began to recount that. And he said, I, I, I recounted that in such a way that the people that were listening wouldn't know necessarily who I was talking about. But he said, you know, he had everybody bow their heads, and he recounted that story. And uh, if I remember correctly, he said then... He gave an altar call for anybody that wanted to get right with God and be right. And he said, I saw step up, stand up out of one of the pews and step into the aisle. The very young girl that I'd seen in that vision, she had come to church later that morning and came up and got gloriously saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, what was that? A word of knowledge. So that person sitting there in the church, now listen, this is important. Not, was that word of knowledge was not given so that young girl would think, boy, I can't get away with anything. At all seeing eyes watching you, boy. No. It was given so she would understand God loves you and God wants to save you and God wants you to repent because this will destroy your life. Amen. Gehazi went after this chariot, and and number one, he lied to Naaman. And then when he got back, he lied to Elisha. And what did Elisha say? Didn't my heart go with you? In other words, my spirit went with you when, when this occurred. Amen. Many times, many, many, many times, I've known several times, that there was an angel or angels present by the word of knowledge. I don't always see the angels that are present, but I, I, there are times I know it by the word of knowledge. Amen. You, you can know a demon spirit is present by the word of knowledge. It's very important. Because that very often is how the Holy Spirit will get the information to me that He desires that I have. Hallelujah. I remember one Saturday evening we were uh, ministering at Constructores de Fe. And uh, uh, when I stepped up to the pulpit, 
I just had knowledge that there was an angel over on the right side of the building and one in the back. And I had knowledge of what they were there to do. And man, when, when I said that by the Holy Spirit, the church just got behind that. And man, the glory of God fell. The power of God fell on that congregation. And we had a glorious season of refreshing in the Holy Ghost. But it was preceded by a word of knowledge. Do you see? In uh, Joshua 1, verse 1. Joshua 1. And uh, verse 1, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, unto the land that I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Now, uh, at one time, before I knew the word, on a, uh, a, a deeper level, uh, I would hear people talk about how this was a word of knowledge, that through a word of knowledge, God told Moses, or Joshua that Moses was dead. And uh, people would say, and even I thought at the time, well, you know, uh, but Joshua would have known that Moses died. Well, if you read the last chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, uh, it talks about Moses climbing the mountain at 120 years of age, but he went alone. Nobody went with him. And it says that the Lord let him see the promised land, and it says, and he died there on that mountain, and the Lord buried him. No one else was there. And so when this word came to Joshua, it was the word of knowledge. Okay, Joshua, Moses is now dead. All right? The word of knowledge can be heard. I've had instances like this before. And uh, uh, other ministers that I know and have great respect for, they would say things like this. You know, it sounded audible. And there are times that the word of knowledge can sound audible. It can be heard. Amen. And it can be spoken inwardly or through what appears to be an audible voice. I remember when, when, when I was driving, and I've told you this story before, a group of of uh, volunteers and children and their parents and, and teenagers and, and we were going to another uh, location to do our outreach at that time, Operation, Operation Sunshine. And I was about to go through an intersection down at around 10th and Paseo in Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, as I approached that uh, intersection that I had approached numerous times before and the light was green, I heard very loudly I heard very loudly, stop now. Well, I hit the brakes. And just as I hit the brakes, a man blew that red light and the, the officers were chasing him. And uh, 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 to, to my knowledge, he was, of course he was running from them. Uh, uh, to what I know, he was, he was drunk and running from the police. But here's the thing. I would have been right in that intersection with a van load full of teenagers and volunteers. Now, yes, God preserved us. How did he do it? Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. That I believed or felt or sensed that I could hear. Nobody else heard it. I heard it. It's the word of knowledge. Amen. The word of knowledge is perhaps the most counterfeited manifestation of the nine spiritual gifts. Now, this is important to know because that's why you've got to know his voice. All right? Because a, 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 a medium with a familiar spirit can simulate some aspects of the word of knowledge. 
I remember one time I was uh, going through some classes in Johnson County uh, in the, uh, uh, the courthouse. And no, they weren't uh, probation or what's that other one starts with a D. Uh, I forget. But some of y'all will know you've been more involved in that than me. <laughs> Amen. But I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was going through some diversion. D- diversion. Amen. That was my word of knowledge called Michelle. Diversion. And, uh, 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 but not because I was on diversion or had gotten in some trouble or something of that nature. Uh, but in any event, there was a man there that was going through uh, these same classes. And whenever I would get around him, my spirit would just, it would just shrink back. I, I could not, I could not, I don't want to say be nice to him, but I could not get, uh, you know, friendly with him because there was just, my spirit would just shrink back. Amen. And uh, he seemed very spiritual. He would say things that seemed very spiritual. And one day he got real close to me and I picked up real quick by the Spirit a word of knowledge. This guy's into witchcraft. And sure enough, it wasn't long after he sa- I heard that, that this guy came to me and began to tell me some things that I could do that were really spiritual in the sense of the wrong spirit. Amen. Are you following me? Well, what he said, it was, uh, it was close, but it was counterfeit. Now listen, but because I know the author of the word of knowledge and I know his voice, I couldn't be deceived. We taught on that Sunday morning. It's not possible for the elect to be deceived because we have the spirit of truth in us. Now this this is important because if you don't know his voice, it can be counterfeited. Never make your decisions based on a word of knowledge only or any other gift of the Spirit, all right? This is important. Why? Because I'm only getting a word of knowledge. And and there are people that don't spend a lot of time listening to the Holy Spirit And they can be very easily deceived because they listen to a word of knowledge that has some truth in it. And when I say has some truth in it, what I mean is this. All the word of God has truth in it. All the words that God speaks has truth. Truth about their situation. All right? Let let me back up and say this. They may get a word of knowledge from somebody who's not exactly hearing from the Spirit. But because it's a familiar spirit or because it is a, a, a entity that has some knowledge of them, it can sound right on. And if you step out and you begin to make a decision just based on that word, you'll get in trouble. Every word of knowledge is to be judged. You judge it. If the facts are off, If they're off, if if they're not right, don't receive it. I don't care who tells you. I don't care who speaks over you. If the facts are not right, if, if if it's off, you disregard it. Amen. Never make your decisions just based on a word of knowledge. Never build a ministry based on a word of knowledge. I've got to hear what the Spirit is saying to me. 
One of the ways he speaks is through the word of knowledge, but he expects me to use discretion. He expects me to use wisdom. I had a woman one time that uh, was coming to the church, and she invited my wife and I over to her house for coffee. And we went over one afternoon. We, uh, uh, I don't want to say we had put it off, but we had things going on. And so finally we had a day that we didn't have anything going on, so we went over. And uh, she uh, had us there in her living room. And she began to talk to us about all the words that she had received. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy. And I said, okay. And finally she directed us over to a wall. And it was a whole wall full of cassette tapes. That's how long ago this was. And uh, they were all words that had been given to her by a certain prophet. Uh, this man was known that when he would give a word, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, he would record it. He would carry a, a, a little portable player and, and record that word and then give you the tape. That was for accountability purposes. But here's the thing. Do you remember where the Bible talks about how it is God that tries the hearts? God looks on the heart. When Samuel stood before Eliab, he looked like a king. He carried himself like a king. And God said, nope, that's not him because I look on the heart. Well, what was that? A word of knowledge. That's not him. It's not him. Because God looks on the heart. Hallelujah. God does not give a word of knowledge to somebody, if, if I can say it this way, who is, and, and a word of knowledge concerning uh, ministry, concerning different things such as that, when that person is in disobedience. Or has no call of God on their life. God will not give a person with no call on their life a word of knowledge about a ministry. Are you with me? And yet this woman had supposedly had all these words about ministry and sitting right there in her living room, I knew that she didn't even have power over cigarettes. So how could all those words about her ministry come to pass when she can't even overcome something as big around your little finger. In the words of my pastor, woohoo, are you still there? Right? But yet that woman had a wall full of tapes. She would miss service and drive miles to go to this man's meetings. People say, was he operating under a familiar spirit? I don't necessarily know that it was a familiar spirit, but here's, here's, here's what I do know, is that if the gifts of the spirit will operate through you in the area of the word of the wisdom or the word of knowledge, you have to be very careful of the pull of the human spirit on you. You have to know that the Holy Spirit's telling you to say something. Amen. Because you can get around people that want to hear a word and it will start pulling on you. And if you're not careful to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, you can give that person a word and it may be a, a generic word. It may really mean nothing. But you still spoke out of yourself. If God didn't say it, don't you say it. Amen. And I watched people in this same, this same vein, this same group. There was a group of these people that ran together. And another one of them came to me and said, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leaving the ministry, uh, your ministry, and, 
and I'm going on to do this, and, and, and they looked at me and they said, well, you may think it's funny, but, you know, I, I, I believe God's moving me into the office of the apostle. Well, this person had none of the evidences of the office of the apostle in their life. They were another person that, whose home was in shambles, uh, things were, but they had gotten a word. Are you following me? And, and that word moved them away from their answer. What is the Spirit saying? That's what you want to stay with. That's what you want to stick with. My sheep know my voice. And another, they'll not follow. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But, thank God, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we can know His voice, and we'll follow it. Amen?